0: Although Mars is separated from Earth by tens of millions of kilometers of space, it is bound to Earth by close ties. For many centuries, the red planet has attracted the closest attention of humankind, and it keeps the greatest secrets of long-vanished cultures and answers to questions that people have been concerned about since ancient times. Mars is the fourth planet resembles Earth in the solar system more than any other planet. If we compare Earth to Mars, they have a similar axial tilt to their orbit. They do a full rotation around their axis within almost the same time. The axis of Mars, just like the Earth's axis, is subject to cyclic oscillations, which astronomers call precession. Just like the Earth, Mars is slightly flattened at the poles and expanded at the equator. Four seasons of the year follow each other there. Mars has polar ice caps, mountains, deserts, and sandstorms. Although nowadays Mars is a lifeless desert, there's evidence that in ancient times, There were rivers and oceans, and its climate and atmosphere were similar to the earthly ones. Pyramids and the Sphinx The first images taken in 1972 show a section of the surface of Mars known as the Elysium Quadrangle. Triangular and pyramidal structures can be seen in the east of its central part. Four structures that form a precise construction on the Martian surface, which is very similar to the arrangement of the Earth's pyramids, are particularly interesting. In this respect, they also have much in common with other Martian pyramids, located in the region called Cydonia. At about 40 degrees north latitude, and on the other side of the planet from Elysium, the pyramids of Cydonia were photographed in 1976. By the Viking 1 probe from a height of about 1600 kilometers, many elements that are of artificial origin can be seen in the picture. The most amazing is an enormous face, which resembles the features of the earthly Great Sphinx. Thanks to the second photograph taken 35 Martian days later, under different lighting conditions, another image was discovered. It made it possible to conduct a comparative analysis and accurate measurements of the face. Approximately 16 kilometers away from the face, there is a five-sided DNM pyramid named after NASA employees Vincent DiPietro and Gregory Molinar, who discovered it. Like the Great Pyramid in Egypt, it is oriented almost exactly to the north-south axis. The facade of the DNM pyramid has 3 sides, located at an angle of 60 degrees. The central axis points to the face. The image of the pyramid to the left of this axis points to the center of what the researchers of Sidonia called the city. The edge of the pyramid to the right of the central axis points to the top of the dome structure, exactly called the dome. Having discovered the pentagonal pyramid, De Petro and Molinar noted its size: 1.6 kilometers by 2.6 kilometers. These numbers are very close to the golden ratio. Richard Hoagland, a former NASA consultant, looking at the perfect pentahedral mirror symmetry of the DNM pyramid notes, if you overlay the famous figure of Leonardo da Vinci, the Vertruvian man, on the perfect geometric shape of the DNM pyramid, they will match. DNM seems to be a striking statement of human-like proportions built on alien terrain, almost in the shadow of the main humanoid resemblance of the face. The face is not a single structure on the Cydonia plane, but it is surrounded by other abnormal structures, which some researchers consider to be even more important. Hoagland drew a horizontal line at right angles from the vertical axes of the face structure. It led him to the center of four small cross-shaped mounds and a small central mound, which itself seemed to be the center of a group of 10 geometric pyramidal shapes. He called this collection of landscape elements the city and gave it the following description. The rectangular construction of massive structures is alternated by several pyramids of smaller size and small buildings of conical shape. All this is located on an area of four to eight kilometers and follows a rectangular layout created by numerous elements located at right angles to one another, including even straight streets going approximately from north to south. Mathematical proportions of the Golden Ratio were found in the layouts of structures mounds and pyramids of Cydonia. Some researchers consider the hypothesis about the artificial origin of Cydonia to be not accidental, because identical geometry is also found in several archaeological monuments on Earth. Thus, the ancient Teotihuacan in the Valley of Mexico is also located at 19.5 degrees north latitude. Here. Three huge pyramids rise above the four-kilometer-long avenue of the dead, the Pyramid of the Sun and the Pyramid of the Moon, and the Pyramid of Quetzalcoatl. The structures of Teotihuacan were also built in accordance with sacred geometry. When the Pyramids of the Moon and the Sun in Teotihuacan and the DNM Pyramid on Mars were measured, it was found that the value of their angles correspond to the latitude at which they are located. The layout and such proportions of the structures on Mars cannot be a natural formation. It proves that they were constructed by a highly developed civilization and can be interconnected with pyramids on Earth. Climate on Mars It is extremely cold on Mars. The average temperature on the planet is negative 23 degrees Celsius, and in some places it drops to negative 137 degrees Celsius. There is an acute shortage of vital gases such as nitrogen and oxygen. Mars is now a dead, dry, and cold planet. At an average temperature of negative 23 degrees Celsius, there is no liquid water, but there is frozen water in the form of ice. Photographs of Mars, which were taken from close range, show evidence of the existence of former oceans, rivers, and lakes, traces of heavy rainfall, and disastrous floods. This suggests that the climate on the planet used to be favorable to life. There is no doubt that at some point in its history the planet was subjected to a cataclysm of an unbelievable scale, which according to some scientists, deprived Mars of its original atmosphere and once abundant liquid water resources. Doctor of Geological and Mineralogical Sciences Professor Alexander Portnov writes in his research, There used to be a lot of water on Mars. This is evidenced by the photographs taken by spacecraft in depicting a branched river network and a vast river of valleys similar to the famous canyon in Colorado, the United States taken by spacecraft. The frozen seas and lakes of Mars are now probably covered with red sand. Mars seems to have experienced the great glacial periods together with Earth. The last large-scale glacial period on Earth ended just 12 to 13,000 years ago. Photographs of Mars show that a multi-kilometer layer of permafrost is thawing there as well. This is evidenced by giant landslides of melting red soil on the slopes of river valleys since the climate of Mars is much colder than that of Earth. It is coming out of the last glacial period much later than Earth. In the scientific works of astronomers Victor Klube and Bill Napier, it is said that the cataclysm that struck Earth at the end of the last glacial period occurred at the exact same time as the cataclysm that destroyed Mars, and that these two events may have the same reason. The researchers also note that at the time of the described disaster, there was a lot of water on Mars, but it was mostly under the surface. Francois Costard, an astronomer at the French National Center for Scientific Research, who was one of the first scientists to propose a tsunami theory, traced the path of wave destruction across the Martian landscape. The cause of the tsunami could have been an earthquake or a deep water volcano eruption. Michael Malin, who participated in the processing of data from Mars Pathfinder, said, It was a colossal disaster. A flood of this scale on Earth would have covered the entire Mediterranean basin. Although liquid water on the surface is unstable, under current conditions, we observe widespread evidence of water erosion. The most interesting characteristics of the landscape are wide, dry valleys, which may have been formed as a result of severe flooding. While the Earth mostly has smooth curves and rounded forms, Mars represents a landscape of sharp contrast. Its valleys are the lowest, its canyons are the deepest, and its volcanoes are the highest in the solar system. Since there is no reference point such as sea level, scientists correlate Martian altitudes and depths with a conventional surface level. The peak of the giant volcano Olympus, located 27 kilometers above the surface, is the highest point on the planet. While the bottom of the canyon system known as Mariner Valley Located 7 kilometers below the surface level is the lowest point. Thousands of huge craters on the surface indicate that the planet was repeatedly bombarded by comets and asteroids. The object whose fall led to the formation of Hellas crater on Mars had 100 kilometers in diameter, while of the other two, Isidus and Argyre, 50 kilometers and 36 kilometers in diameter. Characteristic faults on the Martian surface indicate that at some point there was a significant change in its rotational speed. According to the laws of celestial mechanics, Mars must make one revolution every 8 hours instead of one full revolution takes almost 25 hours. Another interesting characteristic of Mars is an almost complete absence of a magnetic field. Although there is undeniable evidence that in the past the planet had a strong magnetic field. Geologist-Professor Alexander Mikhailovich Portenov states, The disaster on Mars has happened recently, only a few tens of thousands of years ago. This is evidenced by an excellently preserved condition of its relief forms, river valleys and meteorite craters despite the powerful dust storms. Graham Hancock, in his book The Mars Mystery, quotes evidence from many scientists about the existence of a highly developed civilization on Mars which perished about 20,000 years ago. One of the versions of a planetary disaster on Mars which led to the weakening of its magnetic field is inversion of magnetic poles. Presence of a weak magnetic field on Mars may testify to the process of inversion of magnetic poles on this planet at present. When the polarity becomes reversed, the magnetic field that protects all living organisms from the solar wind disappears. During this period, natural disasters also take place. The weakening of the magnetic field on Mars in the past led to evaporation of the atmosphere on the red planet and the ceasing of biological life. This hypothesis is confirmed by astronomer Vitaly Alexandrovich Bronston PhD in physics and mathematics in his book The Planet Mars, where he writes, according to Shmeya Shlemovich Dogonov, it is possible that Mars is a living planet. Although it is now in the state of transition of its magnetic field through the zero value, as the paleomagnetic data indicates, such transitions or inversions occurred on Earth more than once. Roman Wieselowski, Doctor of Sciences in Geology and Mineralogy, and Deputy Director of the Schmidt Institute of Physics of Earth of the RAS, stated there are so-called magnetic field inversions. When the reversal of polarity occurs, the north magnetic pole changes places with the south magnetic pole. There is evidence that at that time, at the time of the polarity reversal, the magnetic field is almost switched off. That means, for a certain time it disappeared. According to physicists, Konstantin Zakharov, a periodic change of poles occurs constantly with regular overturns of the core due to the so-called Zhanebakov effect. According to this effect, any rotating body of a regular shape or with a regular distributed mass in a zero-gravity environment will periodically perform a 180-degree overturn or a rollover, followed by a change in the magnetic field. What we now see on Mars might well be a consequence of the magnetic and geographical pole change Caused by the shift of the core. These processes are cyclic. Their periodicity for each celestial body is different, and they depend on its weight and positioning in space. History always repeats itself.
1: Once, someone tried to do something, let's say both on other planets and in other civilizations, the same way he talked, and we eventually see completely empty red planets. Why? While well, they had life because someone talks, whereas someone doesn't hear. And someone who hears says, it doesn't
0: concern me, or, they talk nonsense. Global disasters on planets are cyclical. And looking at Mars, are we sure that our planet will not suffer the same fate? After all, we see that everyday cataclysms increase on the Earth, global warming is followed by global cooling, and something happens to the core of the Earth and its magnetic field. We as the entire humanity of the planet Earth, observing our past experience, need to reflect deeply together and join our efforts already now in order to bring all people together in the face of an impending disaster. Well, yes, because people who are guided by consciousness, even understanding the inevitability of disaster, they try, I don't know, to arm themselves, to create some reserves, to keep everyone out, as if they can survive alone. Yet, what will they be able
1: to do? And how can they survive if the world changes? Of course. I'll say more. Did Mars survive? No. So why should this planet survive if the planet that was in more favorable conditions and was richer and better didn't survive? Well, no one has any doubts now that there was water, that there was life, that there was a civilization on that planet. There's too much evidence of that. Well, where is Mars? After all, there wasn't just one planet in this solar system. It's painful to hear that people are happy with the fact that everything will be fine for me, climate change for our state will backfire from the positive side, while those who are there… Will grow potatoes twice a year. Yes. And it's painful that society is not perceived as a whole unit. You see, if trouble was only that, it would be getting warmer. It's no trouble, for many people it's all good. Is the problem that somewhere it will get warmer, and somewhere else it will get colder? Well, so what? If it has redistributed, those who like warmth will move to the place where it's warm, those who like snow will move to a place where it's snowing. The trouble is in chaos and destruction. After all, these changes lead to destruction and elimination. And many people know about this. That's where the trouble is. And it's fine if it would be just the destruction of economy. You know, you can completely destroy the entire economy of the world, and then you can restore it together, and there will be no big trouble. We humans will survive if we want to. Well, it's not a question of destroying the economy, it's about destroying the planet. Do you know what the funniest thing is? History always repeats itself. Once. Someone tried to do something. What is actually the Creative Society? How do you envision it? I mean, who is this society focused on? On a person. The Creative Society, in my opinion. Of course, there are as many opinions as there are people. But, again, the Creative Society is simple. It's very comfortable and convenient for a person. Why? Because it is focused, on a person's benefits and freedoms. And that's the entire meaning of the Creative Society. There are no lies there, no deception, and, most importantly, there is no power, because a person has all the power. There is no superstructure over him. It all depends on us. And again, what do we return to? To the integrity of our attention, where all of us together invest it. If we want to live well, if we want to live worthy of a human being, then we should invest our attention precisely in this, that is, our time and our efforts in building the future for ourselves and, let's say, for our children and descendants. If we approach this from the perspective of the present day, then it is actually very easy to build a Creative Society. I'll put it this way, if we really want this, and everyone who has understood the entire meaning and essence of the Creative Society that we are going to talk about now, then it's realistic to build it within ten years, ten years. Great. And we will live in this Creative Society. But again, it depends on people, on their desires and aspirations. If we do nothing and set our hopes on someone else, that someone will do this, it won't be built. Because the Creative Society is precisely the task of all people. It's not just a task of, for example, some idea-driven fellows who are supposed to do something for someone. But it's a task of each and every one of us. It is our task.